What's up and welcome to Wait Hold Up Podcast with Jessica Molina and Yarel Ramos. Each week, tune in as we have unfiltered conversations about careers, relationships, wellness, feminism, and of course, we'll often be joined by guests you either know or should know who will share their humor, knowledge, and their very own Wait Hold Up moments with us. Here at Wait Hold Up, we want you to feel like you found your crew, your girls who you can do life with. Listen, it's a crazy world out there and we can all use some help in our efforts to live our best lives. We don't have all the answers, but we're down to figure it out together. Thanks for listening. Here's our latest episode of Wait, Hold Up. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Wait Holds Up. I'm Jessica. I'm Yarel. And we are so excited to have you joining us today. Yeah, thank you. And hello to everyone listening, all of our new listeners that are checking in from different places of the world. What's up? What's, What's up? We appreciate y'all. Today, you know, we're about to have a conversation that actually we really haven't had. Yeah. On Why the does podcast. it still make me uncomfortable to like even I know. think about it? You guys, when was oh the last God. time? You talked about sex. Sex. Dad, if you're listening, now's the perfect time to to turn it off. (laughs) Yeah, we're talking about sex today. And I think it's a conversation we really need to have. It's a unique conversation. Absolutely. If you think it's just going to be down and dirty. Not exactly where we're going. I mean, maybe a little bit. But I think that I know for me, and we get into this in the episode, there were no conversations about sex growing up. And, no. And to your point, when we just press record, you're like, oh, I'm nervous. <laughs> it is because of that, because I don't think that we were empowered to feel a certain way about our bodies. And I or think anything. we were even just shamed in a lot of ways and, of and, you know, kind of frightened to know those conversations don't happen. Yeah. You don't ask those questions. You don't go there. Totally. You're not curious about this aspect of your life. Totally. Just a huge kind of aspect of our lives because we make babies out of. I mean, we not you know. only make babies, but we need to, like, know I mean, pleasure. just like the overall spectrum of things. It's like, right. that's how important it should be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, nurturing things and, you know, things that happen from our bodies, the power Absolutely. of our wombs and whatnot. I didn't even know this till like, a few years ago. You're like, till our episode <laughs> with, with Irene. Irene. <laughs> like, yeah. So for sure. And then the power, too, of owning our sexuality. Like, we're Absolutely. sexual beings. Absolutely. So... We have, I think, a really perfect guest today who walks us through this and who can give a little bit of that Latina perspective as well and talk about the shame that we experienced when we were younger, but also about the now pleasure. how we can step into our pleasure. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, Which who we was, got? yeah. So today we got Rebecca Alvarez Story. She is the founder of Bloomy, mm-hmm. the leading marketplace for clean, intimate care products. It was a startup that she started, obviously, providing uh, women with healthy and organic intimate care. She started Blooming to normalize these conversations about sexual wellness in the Latinx community. She earned her BA in women's health and sexuality from UC Berkeley. So she knows, you know, she, she knows She knows, she knows, she knows. And she was recently named a Latina trailblazer by Forbes magazine. What's up? That is amazing. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. This is super exciting. Yarel and I, just so you know have been like two little school girls <laughs> prepping for this episode, totally. like giggling. Yeah. Oh, I want to ask her about this. No, seriously. I'm like, what? do we have a time limit? Because yeah. the Lord knows I can go on and on. Right. You um, have so many questions. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously you own the Bloomy, which yeah. provides clean period products and sexual intimacy funds 
toys and things to the like. Yes. At what point did you decide that you were ready and willing? Because you are a sexologist. Mm -hmm. I am. So you've been in a world where you've been talking about sex for a very long time. Yes. How did you decide to then (laughs) open up this company? So the work as a sexologist has been really interesting because you can get real creative with something in that degree. So for me, what it meant was I went to companies and I helped them develop products. Mm -hmm. So I was developing toys and I was developing arousal products and really trying to do it from like a public health standpoint, like meaning that this is about our wellness. This is important. This shouldn't be taboo. So I was trying to make it, you know, really sciencey and focused on the biology of like how important all this was. Mm -hmm. When I was designing those products and when I was working with these different companies, I realized that There's so many questions about the products we're using and there's a lot of confusion, I feel like, especially in our Latino community about what is clean and what does healthy mean and why should I use organic and why can't I just use the products that my mom taught me to use, for example. So for me, I felt like it was my calling to dive into a community where I felt like women were going to be empowered by learning about these products and the marketplace came out because I hated the products that I was using Mm -hmm. and I wanted clean options and people around me were getting infections and you know we don't talk about that pH imbalance things like that it's like this is a lot we need to figure this out and we created a small set of products women started loving them they sold out really quickly so I was like hey we're onto something people want this right Mm -hmm. where were you before all this like how did you grow up did you grow up talking about this no okay at home (laughs) what's your background with everything and where did that I don't know. This like intrigue for this world. Yeah. Where did it come Growing from? Up, where did it come from? <laughs> I know. Like before we get into the product, I realized because yeah. that was actually going to be my same question. Yeah. Like, how the hell <laughs> did you become a sexologist? Sexologist, right? How did how does that happen? How? Like, what do you and, study? What do you learn? And do your parents yeah. know what you to do? do right. <laughs> and they're really supportive. Can you believe that? That's awesome. amazing. So okay, so I'm Latina. Both of my parents came here from Mexico. So I would say my parents are fairly progressive. They're not too traditional, but at the same time, there are these cultural norms of we don't really talk about sex. We don't really talk about our period. There's a lot of taboo. So that was very much part of my culture, my community, my upbringing. The reason I became interested in just sexual health and sex and all of the related things, it happened over time. But in high school, I went to a private Catholic all-girls high school. Ooh. <laughs> I'm like, we know what happens at those well, schools. Yeah. The, well, it starts with your sex ed is not progressive at all. Right. right we signed right. abstinence contracts, you guys. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It I was kind those. of intense. It was kind yeah. of intense. And so that was just my first opportunity to see, hey, they're telling me how I should be thinking about these topics. I don't feel in my gut that that's right. And in college, I really dove into all the classes. I took all the sex classes on campus. I really wanted to understand what was going on. I personally wanted to be more empowered. So there was a mix of personal and like, professional interest and it sort of morphed into this thing of like there's a need for people to be talking about this there's not a lot of latinas in this space talking about sexual health and sex and pleasure and all the things that i feel like we should learn growing Mm up age appropriate right but like we should learn these things and what i did is i ended up getting a master's in sexuality studies aka i became a sexologist and that lets me do a lot of things it lets me educate on various platforms and it's really fun So you said that you've worked with companies, but have you also, would this be like the equivalent of like a sex therapist? Have you worked directly with couples? Is there a difference? So there is a difference. It's kind of like being a doctor. There's so many kinds of doctors, right? Yeah. So being in the world of sexual health, there's a lot of different practices. 
So for me, I don't do therapy, but I can do coaching. So I won't prescribe a medication and it won't be coming from necessarily just a psychology background. It'll be coming from a comprehensive human sexuality background. And I study sex and relationships a lot. And so sexologist really just means you study sex. And so I have that, <laughs> I have a interesting mix of biology, psychology, women's health. That sounds so interesting. It is. I really love like that component of, you know, a little bit of everything and just encompassing all these things that we are curious about. Like, I mean, I remember growing up too, and just my parents had to sign this form for sex ed when I was in fifth grade and my parents didn't want to. <laughs> and it's like, no, she should not know about sex. And I looking like, sex? What's sex? Tell me, yeah. what's sex? Or, you know, just learning about your reproductive health. Yeah. When I got my period, my period. mom was freaking out. Like She didn't even know. And I got my period when I was like 16 years old. I was already grown. Oh, you were late. Yeah. And I already kind of knew, you know, like knew what was going on. But my mom, I remember, was like, ah, um, you need to go this and do that and tell me not to eat this when she was just very nervous about it. Like all these ideas that come with this conversation at home. And that happens to so many of us. Yeah, it's a common narrative, especially in the Latino community or like people of color. It's, there's so many taboos growing up because it's it's scary to talk about. It feels embarrassing for a mm. lot of people, but it's such a natural part of our upbringing, right? right? Like most women get periods. We're all here because... Two people had sex. Like, mm. you know, it's such a common part of our world, but it's not discussed. Or what we do see in the media mm -hmm. is like the porn version of things. Right. Which right? that's another thing. Like, yeah. So there's two questions I have here. So I'm like, oh, I told you, we're loaded. Man. I know. We're like, <laughs> we're coming for the you. The first is, what are some of the most common taboos that you've heard? Um, when it comes to sex? Yeah. Most common taboo is that sex is not for pleasure. That mm. sex should be with, okay, so this is like a common sentence. Sex with my husband is okay. So there's a lot of issues with that sentence to me. So one, it's assuming that you have a husband and that you're heterosexual. So that's assumption mm -hmm. number one. Number two, like, why is it okay? It should be very pleasurable for you. And that was another thing, too, that we that I've been thinking a lot about because I see it a lot in the community for sure. Just like growing mm -hmm. up, like women not even knowing what an orgasm, not having, not, not having, knowing if they have not one. knowing if they have one, yeah. like not knowing like what it is like that is bizarre sometimes. But it's it's real. Yeah, that is a really common question. How do I know if I've had an orgasm? Mm -hmm. The very simplified answer to that is. You will know when you have an orgasm. <laughs> it feels like a few seconds of complete bliss, right? And for a lot of women that haven't experienced one, I always encourage them to do self-pleasure to masturbate, to learn what it feels like on your own so you know what you like. Even like something as simple as, do you like circular motions or do you like up and down motions oh. for like touching your clitoris? And then you are able to teach somebody or you're able to guide somebody, right? So having a fulfilling sex life is you start with yourself. Mm -hmm. You start with what are the things that turn you on and that you like, and then you're able to teach your partners. But I can only imagine the pushback that you get telling women to masturbate. You know, I do and I don't. Mm. So I think because I have the credibility of like, hey, guys, I know what I'm talking about. This is good for us. This is from like a public health standpoint. We all should have pleasure in our lives. I think people take that sort of to be at face value, like, okay, she kind of knows what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. I, we feel like we should explore this. But when I get pushed back, I think it's more people that are just not comfortable talking about it, or you're in a very conservative, like, work environment. Mm -hmm. There's obviously an appropriate time to talk about this and not, but in general, my goal as a sexologist and as someone that is pushing a sexual wellness business is I want these to become more common conversations. 
I wanted to be, you know, at lunch and talk to a girlfriend about, do you have a question about sex? Or, hey, have you guys ever experienced A, B, or C? Mm -hmm. I want it to be more conversational all the time. I mean, I think that there's such liberation in that, right? Like we lately on the podcast have been talking a lot about mental health, right? And Mm -hmm. being okay with saying, I go to a therapist, it's great. But Mm -hmm. there's not as much, you know, openness when it comes to our sex lives. And when it comes to, oh, I've been like really frustrated or I don't feel like I've been getting turned on as much or I haven't felt like this or that or whatever it may be. Or, you know, I haven't masturbated in so long and whatever that means for that person, right? right? And so it's like, how do we change that so that people can start to feel like there's less of a stigma? Because ultimately, I think your sexual health is connected to your joy and your happiness. Oh, is it like scientifically? Yes. Yes. There's so many studies that point to sexual satisfaction will lead to overall satisfaction in your life and vice versa. So if you have a really healthy, positive general health, it will help impact your sexual health and you'll be able to thrive sexually. And the other way around, if you have a really good sex life, there's many other benefits to enjoying orgasms and to having intimacy with a partner. So it goes both ways. And you just have to think of it as like an entire body care system. Sex is just part of the body. It's just part of being able to enjoy being a woman and yeah, enjoy. Yeah, we're sexual beings. We are. And, and that's the thing, too. It's crazy when you hear people that maybe are really timid when it comes to like saying the things that they want. And to me, what I really hope is that people who want to be more sexually satisfied, that they can get there. The end goal is great sex, right? Yeah. Right. So in order to get there, I feel like we need to. One, be comfortable with our bodies. Just start these conversations. Talk to a girlfriend. You would be so surprised how many common experiences we have amongst each other. And use products when it's relevant and, you know, have fun with it because it's supposed to be fun. For sure. You know, you mentioned porn earlier Mm -hmm. and there was a talk that was getting shared by Jamila Jamil, who is an actress, right? And an activist. And an activist. And she was basically talking about parents being more sex positive so that the first time that their kids aren't introduced to sex is through it's porn, not, yeah. right? Yeah. So that we take away these expectations of how it's supposed to look for men, right. you know, and how it's supposed to look for women and what sounds people are supposed to make, what faces people are supposed to make, totally. you know, what positions yeah. people are supposed positions to be in, how long it's supposed to last. All of these expectations that like porn creates for yeah, people. Like, and then right. it's like, if that's the baseline where you're starting right. out, yeah. you'll never feel sufficient. Right. Yeah. You nailed it. <laughs> and the thing is, like, I don't knock the porn industry. I feel like there's so many positives about watching porn yourself or with your partner. And I have a lot of respect for people who are in that industry because it can be really tough. It can also be a very lucrative business. So there's a lot I could say about it from the positive side. The negative side, I feel like if your first experience watching porn is extreme sex where it's maybe more aggressive and it's a man and a woman and you see that it's male centric so it's focusing on like the male coming and then that's when sex ends you have a completely skewed version version of what sex can look like Mm -hmm. and it should be you know it should go both ways and we're talking about sex right now with the idea of two people but it doesn't even have to be two Mm -hmm. people it can be one two three so there's a lot of issues growing up seeing it yes for sure And what do we do about it? So I think the best thing to do is start the conversations with your kids. Mm. I'm a mom. I just Mm. had a baby, but I also have an 11-year-old. And she is one of the most body positive little girls ever. And I'm super proud of the fact that she knows her anatomy, right? Everything that I teach her is age appropriate. Like we don't talk about sex for pleasure, but we talk about pleasure in life so that when we're ready for that topic, we can just talk about sex as pleasure. 
and she knows what vagina is and she knows what vulva is. And those are like the basic words that we should be telling our kids mm-hmm. and teaching boys and girls so that when they get to the point where they're seeing sex, they can say, okay, this type of sex, it's only one version of all the different versions that can exist. And another thing I like to say is a way to address this is if you're in a relationship with your partner, show them affection, you know, show your kids what affection can look like. A hug or a kiss to your partner or holding their hand or caressing, being affectionate is a positive thing. And it's not the same as having sex, obviously. But when a little kid or a younger child sees images of women that are portrayed with like bathing suits or certain certain personas that are just very sexualized and they see porn and they see that that can be pretty aggressive like 90% of porn is aggressive porn so that's why I keep saying that but when they see those two versions of it and they see their parents and they see that you know or they see other adults in their life they know there's a disconnect and they'll be able to talk to you about it they'll be able Mm -hmm. to point it out your daughter we're uh, broadcasting from We All Grow. And yeah. your daughter, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because she's been at the booth with you. She's adorable, and by she's the way. So, so cute. cute. So how is it running this business? You know, you mentioned that you don't talk to her about like sex, personal right, pleasure. Right, right, right. But obviously she sees some of the products. She sees, yeah, she, she probably questions. hears some of the conversations yeah. you're having. She asks questions. Yeah. She is super curious. So I keep it age appropriate. Yep. And I love this question because I've actually never been asked this question. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people will walk by and be like, hey, go girl, you're helping your mom with the business. And other people may say, hey, but you have a vibrator right there and your daughter's there. Like, mm-hmm. what the hell? For me, it's important that she understands the products that she needs to know about. So she already has her cycle, her menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. So she knows about period underwear and pads. That's the extent of it, right? She knows about the menstrual cup because we talk about it. But For me, it's been really important to make sure that I tell her that there is a division. Like, this is a wellness business. You can know about that. There are certain products that mommy talks about and that you'll hear conversations about that are for adults only. And she's okay with that. She just knows there's a disconnect. Like, okay, mommy's talking about these products, but I want to tell people about the pads or I want to tell people about the menstrual cup. So it's a balance. It's definitely a balance. Does she know what a vibrator is? I think so. I tell her it's a massager for adults. That's what I tell her. And she's okay with that. When I get to the point where she starts asking more questions, I give her the opportunity to tell me what she thinks it means first. And then I just give her a little bit of more information or correct her if yeah. she's wrong. But I don't dive in like, hey, let's go through the vibrators. We don't talk about the things yeah. that are related to sex from the website. And I love that you're touching on things that like vibrators and lubricants because that world was so far from me. Like I had no, I mean, Jess is nodding her head. Like, <laughs> I'm like I do not know what this was. You know, even going to a store was so far like of an idea. Yeah. How do you have these conversations with people? What do you tell them about these products and how do you feel about them? Okay. Every product we have on the store, I absolutely love. I have personally probably tried every product, but also everything that we sell is screened to make sure that it's clean. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot I can say about that. But and by clean, she doesn't just mean like Like hygienically clean. Oh, this is also. Do you want to explain what you mean by clean as well? So by clean, I mean there's no toxic ingredients in it. The reason that's so important is because up to 98% of what we buy right now has at least one toxic ingredient because. Companies are trying to preserve things on the shelves for years or make them very fragrant or use cheap, unfortunately, cheap ingredients or materials in the product, like the sex toys. So I'm very proud of every product that we carry and every product is screened. 
So if you go on there, you don't even have to worry about, you know, is it healthy for me or not? You know that it's already been screened by a team of professionals. Um, <laughs> what was your original question? <laughs> Products and like that world. So I'm proud of it. And, and when it comes to, to the sex toys, we have a hard time finding quality sex toys. There's a handful of them on the website. But one, I'm proud of them. And two, I feel like they genuinely work. Like they're meant for clitoral stimulation or internal. But the majority of the stimulation that women need to orgasm is clitoral. So we focus on that. We focus on clitoral vibrators. The lubricants. One of the misconceptions, I think, about lubricants is that if you need one, then that means that you're not getting wet enough and that there's something wrong with you. And I want to completely like tear mm. that taboo myth down because I use lubricants. Anybody can use a lubricant so that it feels better. You can do that at any point. And you can do that with like masturbating or you can do that with your partner or you can do that with a toy. You can even use lubricant when you are inserting a menstrual cup, mm. like put a little bit of lubricant on the rim and it helps it insert more easily. You can put a little bit of lubricant in a tampon if it's also something that you don't feel very comfortable doing mm. or you're just starting. So I am pro lubricant. I am pro sex toy. And I feel like people kind of get that vibe from me when you meet me. Like you, you have should a vibrator on your neck, girl. Okay, your carry has a necklace. I feel like, like we should actually like describe it a little bit more. Because if we just say that there's a vibrator on her neck, it's funny. So it's it's in a really beautiful rose gold chain, and it's. <laughs> It looks like it's actually like a vape pen, mm, like dangling. Yeah. So it's like a nice adornment attached to it. So it's not like not like your abuela's vibrator. I mean, That's yeah, what I'm right. sure. It's nothing like right. you've ever seen before. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's like, it's it beautiful. looks like a jewelry. Yes. It's just like when we when we met her. She's like, oh, here it is, and I'm like, whoa, you have it around your neck. <laughs> it's a, so I call it a statement piece. Most it is definitely. a statement piece. There's a lot. I mean, it's a. A line by Crave. That's the line that we carry. And this is stainless steel, so it doesn't have any, like, weird ingredients or anything. They have them in, you know, a variety of options. They have silver. They have rose gold. They have yellow gold. And it's a statement piece, but if you want to, you can use it. You can clean it and use it, right? Yeah. I feel like it's a conversation starter. I feel like I actually wore one for the first, not first time, but I wore one when I met my now husband. So ah. I have like personal love for wearing yeah, yeah, yeah. one because I'm like, oh, it looks really cute, energy. girl. It I looks know. really cute. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and another nice thing to know is that for women, if you have like a date night plan with or without a partner, with your sexual partner, I'll say, right? Mm -hmm. It's really nice to get in the mood for that date, for that evening, whether you're planning to have sex or not. And wearing something like this necklace, when you see it, you think about it like, oh, yeah, it's a vibrator. Or when it moves and like it touches your skin, you kind of like, it's not that you necessarily get aroused, but you think about sex throughout the day before your event or before your date. Mm -hmm. And it helps you be more aroused for your date. So overall, like it can be just nice foreplay before foreplay, if that makes sense. But it's for yourself. Right. There was just a right. lot of cheering in the background, yeah. which I'm actually sure totally. got picked up in the mics. <laughs> but it was like kind of great because yeah, it's like, it right as you're point. saying, right like, get aroused before the date. Think about sex. Be in the mood. And everyone's like, woo. <laughs> like, yeah. So there is a tribe of women saying, hell yes. yes. Hell there yes. You, uh, you know, within just talking about the products, tell us a little bit about Bloomy and like obviously how it started for you, what it represents now. What do you hope? Yeah. That this portal, how it helps women or just anybody that wants to use any of the products? Yeah. 
Okay, so Bloomy is a marketplace, and it's everything is online. But today, we're actually doing our first pop-up here Ooh, at so We All cute. Grow. So it's a marketplace, and everything is screened. So it's clean, intimate care products. What it means is hygiene. So everything from feminine washes to moisturizers to wipes. And then we have the period category. So you have period underwear, tampons, pads. And then you have the sexual wellness category. So it's really like I made sure we covered our bases and have a little bit of everything that you could need. You don't have to run out to the pharmacy anymore. You don't have to shop in three different places. Everything is there for you. The goal for me, the end goal of all of this is to really have a platform where people, women and femmes, feel very comfortable shopping. It's a really fun, enjoyable experience to go on there and shop. It doesn't feel like you're going to a weird store in an alley that's, you know, super taboo feeling and has like bad ingredients, bad products. I want this to be a fun experience. We have a blog on our website that we also like to promote because it's complimentary. It talks about different topics in sexual wellness, but you also get to learn how to use the products. And so that was important for me. And I hope that this platform is not just about the shopping and the learning, but ultimately it becomes this community of really progressive women that feel like they're ready to have these conversations. And we are excited to also create our own products one day. So that's like in the future pipeline. But yeah. What kind of feedback have you received from women who have never had access to this type of information or use these types of products? What has their feedback been like? I think the most common type of product that women have heard of is organic tampons. I think that's mm -hmm. growing because of company, great companies like Lola, Cora. But when they discover that I have an entire marketplace of these items, they start to question like, well, what am I using in that area? Yeah. And what does that mean? Like, what do you literally carry on your website? So I walk them through and it's kind of general. You know, like you should not use the body wash on your vulva area. That's like 101 or step one because the pH will be off. It'll be much higher than what it should be. And they'll probably have fragrance or preservatives that are really bad. So you're saying like the regular soap that we're using for our entire body shouldn't go there. Do not, do, not, do not use it on your vulva. You can use water on your vulva or you can use a really light pH balance cleanser. We only carry one on the website right now. That's kind of a big deal. I screened over 200 of them. They all had crappy ingredients in them, even the ones that say that they're clean or organic. So anyway. And sorry, and do you recommend doing that? Like making sure that we use these products to clean that area? So for me, when it comes to hygiene, it is a little bit of personal preference. Mm. And I say that because if you go to like your OBGYN, she'll tell you to not wash your vulva at all, to just use water. But most women want to wash their vulva area. Yeah. Like especially if you go to the gym. Me personally, I like to use a wash most days. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to, if you're in the majority where you want to use a wash, use a clean, light one. And we, we offer an option on the website. And what does a jacked up pH do to you? Okay. So we normally, our skinner, we're at about a 4.5-ish. Mm -hmm. It can change. Maybe 5.5 is the highest. If you use a body wash or something that has a high pH, it'll start to change your pH a little bit too. And you can get something called bacterial vaginosis or you can get irritated skin. Some women don't realize this, but Latinas, women of color, we naturally um, are, I'm getting all technical now, but our flora inside of our vagina is, it has a slightly higher pH than white women. 
And so we tend to get infections more easily. Mm. We tend to get imbalanced more easily. And so it's especially important for us to use really good products. Mm-hmm. Damn. That's a no, because <laughs> I feel like, I mean, this is going to be TMI, but sometimes I've used like my face wash because I feel like that's better than using my body wash. And I just want to be more sensitive around that area. Mm. And I'm just like, yeah, I it was irritated. It was, you know, like a little painful after. Burning a little. <laughs> but your idea was on point. Like you're thinking it's sensitive. So I want to yeah, use a sensitive wash. Absolutely. So that's correct, right? And I feel like that's like ahead of the game, honestly. Yes. Even just thinking yes. about it, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But you can use washes that are specifically designed for the vulva area. Yeah. So excellent part. You mentioned the organic tampons. And that's something, too, that I've been trying to, like, tap into just because, you know, I, I know Once we, I realized, I was like, what, I was am, like, I what am I doing to my body? What am I putting in my body? Because it's such a, as it is, it's such a, like, a precious time for women, like our cycle. We forget about that. And then we're, we want it to kind of, like, be over and, like, oh, my gosh. And yeah. the, the tampon, it has to smell good and all these things that we don't think about. So I've been trying to, like, learn more about it. I friend recommended the underwear like the underwear that period underwear yeah the period or like underwear, period underwear yeah, yeah. and then the cups which is something too that i feel like <laughs> ah rebecca help us menstrual cups okay menstrual cups. there's so many period products now you guys it's really exciting because everything's changing in this space people are coming out with really innovative products but i think what sells the best for us so we're clean you got to remember that we're focused on like organic ingredients the thing that sells the best is the menstrual cup and the period underwear and I, it's interesting to me because menstrual cup is internal, right? And period underwear, you don't insert anything. So it just speaks to the fact that women want variety. Yeah. Like we want to be able to choose. And honestly, sometimes there's days where I use a pad and a tampon or there's other days where I want a cup. Or then some days I'm like, I don't want anything. I just want period underwear. TMI, but I have period underwear today. So I'm on my cycle, <laughs> but I have period underwear. So just to break down menstrual cups a little bit, you boil them before you use them, everybody. So you got to have a special pot that you use. To boil them. You can save that wherever you want. Use my fiance's oatmeal pot. <laughs> Just kidding. Jazz. He ain't going to listen to this episode. So I know I'm going to tell him. I'm going to text him. Make sure you JK, listen to I know, this right? one. He's going like, to be, he's gonna be like, I gave up oatmeal last year. <laughs> yeah, you have, you know, and we should maybe just carry little pots on the site, but you boil them to disinfect them for a couple of minutes. Once it's cooled down, it's now sterile and you can use it. And you don't have to do this every time you're going to insert it, but you want to sterilize your cup before every cycle. So like every month you want to sterilize it. And then once you insert it, there's like different folds you can do for the cups. But once you insert it, it shouldn't feel uncomfortable. It should just kind of like suck up a little bit. Like it feels like the suction kind of came up and it's just in place. Now you don't feel it like you you should not feel it. No, that's when you know it's placed right. Maybe like a little bit at the beginning, but it shouldn't be lasting. Once you like when you in. first like wore a thong, like you were like, of course I'm gonna feel that. And Good now analogy. it's like Good you're wearing one, and it's like, wow, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah in exactly. Yeah, I right. feel like it's okay. probably something like yeah. that. You know, something that you discussed about the misconception around lube mm-hmm. and what that means. And I know I personally know I've had conversations with who have internalized or whose partners, particularly men, for those in um, heterosexual relationships whose partners have internalized that as something wrong with them. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Right. Um, them, yeah. And I just think like, when I, whenever I, even now I'm 32 years old, having this conversation about like sex, then I'm like, like I feel it like bringing out something inside of me where I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope that like, hope that no one from my family hears this. And that's sad because it's also like, I'm a grown ass woman. Like I pay my right. own bills. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm engaged to be married. Yeah, even yeah. if I wasn't, you know, Ooh, who cares? Can I, 
Did you oh. see that rock? <laughs> Holy Did you see it? Crap. Oh my god, I just saw your beautiful ring. Thank you. <gasps> Gorgeous. I Thank know. you. He did uh, good. And then he wants to geez. use the, the, the menstrual cups in his oatmeal bowl. After that, I, know. I, know, right? I can't with you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But it's like coming up in, in me is really like seeing how like still how much I've like been conditioned to not have these conversations yeah. and been conditioned to feel some shame around it. And I just am wondering, like, other than lube, what is maybe one or two other, you know, strong misconceptions that you've heard from other women of color that I think has been passed around just for way too long and that we just need to dismantle? Like, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to sex. Yeah. So that was a big one. I think, well, masturbating kind of goes with that, though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So masturbating, there's so much taboo. It's like, you're telling me to touch myself. And a lot of women have masturbated, especially Latina women that I talk to. They have not masturbated. If you need like how to guides, don't be ashamed. It's OK. If you need to figure out like, what does that even mean? If you want to go read stuff, if you just want to have like a night to yourself to like learn to touch yourself, I feel like it's so important. And you have to just kind of take my word for it that it can feel awkward, but it gets easier and easier. It's practice, mm -hmm. right? And especially for women that ask the question, like, how do I know if I've had an orgasm? I think that's where I bring in the masturbation mm -hmm. conversation because it's super important to be able to say, like, my partner and I have a great sex life. That's going to help your relationship. And in order to do that, you have to be able to tell your partner what you like and don't like. What's another one? Um, well, I think if we think about like, having the big sex talk, I think a lot of times I hear stories about women saying, my parents never talked to me about sex or my parents never told me that sex was for fun. It was just mainly to have babies. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is a lot of times that gets repeated and you don't talk to your own children about sex. And so I encourage people to have right. multiple conversations, not one big sex talk, which is studies have shown that it's much easier for children to receive information about sexual wellness and sex education if you have multiple little conversations and they can trust you to come ask questions. Mm. So even if you're not comfortable, it's kind of nice to think about the next generation, like talk to the kids about it, answer their questions, make it more normalized. Mm -hmm. and, and I love that the, you bringing up too, to talk about it with our girlfriends, because we talk about sex life as an, yeah, it was great. Or yeah, oh God, it was oh, okay. But we don't really get into the details. I don't even think I've mm -hmm. ever really gotten into these details with my girlfriends. A few years ago, I remember Chrissy Teigen posted a photo of her doing a vaginal steam. Mm -hmm. And it was like everybody questioning, like, what is it? What is it going to do to my vagina? What's going on? What is she doing? I've actually love. Uh, You've done them. I've done okay. them. I've done them at home uh, using pots from that I have in <laughs> to, like, you know, steam my herbs. Um, I've done them at different places. And I, I'm just recently been, like, so curious about it. Like, what is it? What does it do? Is it recommended? I know also, too, there's been recently a lot of uh, like the yoni eggs and what do they oh, do yeah. to that area uh -huh. and another thing that a lot of women we just we don't big, big question marks, marks. Yeah, yeah yeah so it wouldn't it be so nice if you could next time you hang out with your girlfriends just be like hey can we please just talk about sex like do yeah. you guys have any tips do you guys what's your favorite position or hey what do you like to use other than uh lubricant or do you even use lubricant wouldn't it just be nice mm -hmm. to know the next time you are going to meet with your friends that you are going to talk about sex just put that oh, on yeah. your agenda right go just put go, it go to lunch be right. like okay i'm gonna send out a meeting right. uh invite be like this is what sex. we're talking about we're gonna talk about sex today we're gonna go to lunch we're gonna have a daytime cocktail and we're just gonna learn tips from each other to make our own sex lives better 
Right. Or it can be like, it doesn't even have to go into the details. So when you talk about sex, and I have to balance this a lot with the career that I have, but you don't have to make it so personal. Like you don't have to say, mm-hmm. my husband and I like to, and like, you don't have to tell people literally what you're doing, but you can talk about sex. Right. Like you can talk about, for example, what are your top three things that you would recommend all couples or from all your sexual partners, what has been your favorite position? And it doesn't have to be like today yeah, and like yeah, this yeah. person, because I think one of the fears is that your friend will picture you having sex with your partner. And the thing is, maybe they do, mm-hmm. but maybe they don't. Right. Like, I think it's just about having the conversation. Mm-hmm. And even with Yoni eggs, like, if you learn about something that's cool, share it with your girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Like, there were so many people today that learned about Yoni eggs from coming by Bloom's Tell us, stand. tell us. <laughs> yoni, egg, yoni eggs get a bad rep, I feel like. If you guys heard the Goop scandal, uh, oh. like a year ago, maybe, Gwyneth Paltrow got a lot of pushback because she was telling the way that it was framed was not what she really said, but it was basically like telling women to put rocks up their vagina and it wasn't being framed in a really intelligent way. That's not how it is. So yoni eggs, you should be really careful with the ones you use. We promote chakras. That's the one that we carry because they're non-porous. That means that you won't have bacteria that gets into it and they're easy to wash. Yoni eggs are great to strengthen your pelvic floor. That's like reason one. Reason two is they're a stone. And so if you like crystals and like stones and healing, more of the alternative medicine and not Western medicine, you are into the holistic sex and you're into like the crystals. This would be really awesome for you too, because then you can pick a crystal that resonates with you. Rose quartz is the most common. It's the one that's really great for healing Mm -hmm. and introducing love. And the, the yoni eggs that we carry, you basically clean them. You insert them to do your Kegel exercises or yoni exercises. Something as simple as like squeezing three seconds, releasing three seconds for up to five-ish minutes for a beginner. If you do that a couple times a week, you will feel the difference. Your pelvic sore will feel stronger. If you've had a baby or if you have leakage, that will get reduced. There's so many benefits to the exercises. And some women will wear, they'll put one in and they'll wear it around like when you're able to hold in for a long time. And it actually arouses you because it's moving a little bit when you walk. Rebecca, this has been so informative and yes. so amazing. And we are honestly so happy. Y'all, you don't even know. <laughs> the other side of this is that she's getting like VC funding for this business. Right. And he's like a badass right. Latina entrepreneur yes. in like a space where there's so, so few of us. So that's another conversation yeah. in and of itself. And we would love to do a follow up with you in the future. When um, we go to the Bay Area. When we go to the Bay Area. Yeah. Hey. Yes, and you can check out her site. It's the Bloomy with an I, B L O O M I dot com. Rebecca, thank you so much thank for you your knowledge. Thank this you. Time. This was fun. Yeah. <laughs> In person chat. Yes. I know. Awesome. See you later. Bye. Okay, now. Do you feel a little bit better? I feel much better. I feel like I just totally tapped into another, the sexy goddess that's lived in me forever <laughs> and have not let You're her always unleash, that sexy you know? goddess. Yeah, like she's ready to just unleash and like take over the world. And not to mention just even the health aspect of it. Just, yeah. you know, the questions about like taking care of ourselves. We don't even, we don't even talk about that. We don't. So. And, you know, I just hope that this question motivates people 
to at least, you know, just start to explore themselves, start to get an understanding of what it is that makes you happy. I feel very sad that I know a lot of women who don't know what an orgasm feels like. Right. And I think that if you're faking it, if you're just like, I don't want to explore my body mm. or I'm afraid or of. this is all just about the man or the other, right, my, uh, my partner, uh, like, you know. I just hope that at the very least, this conversation has inspired you to like get to know that side of yourself. You are not doing anything wrong. Right. You should feel pleasure. And on top of that, knowing that there are clean and safe products out there, even Absolutely. if it's just a matter of like, you want to use a tampon or a menstrual cup or pads, but like looking at these manufacturers and thinking about what you're putting into your body absolutely, and treating it like the temple that it is. It is. It is a temple. And also with the conversations about health and the relationships that we have, being okay to tap into your sexualness. You know, I think a lot of us that grew up kind of afraid of this topic, owning it and being empowered by it. And it's okay to be curious. It's completely okay to... I have little cousins that sometimes ask, you know, that are in that space with their boyfriends and they're younger and they're just, they want to talk to somebody about it. And I'm just like, girl, go live your best life. Yes. And some advice that a mutual friend that we have, Isa, she's always told me, she's like, you know, portate mal, cuídate bien y niegalo todo. So if you want to adapt that to that, (laughs) like, hey. Life is short, you know, be okay with your sexuality, enjoy it yeah, and learn from it. Like we're all so different too. And just take care of yourself. And take care of yourself. That is the biggest thing. Take care of yourself. And so we just are so thankful to Rebecca for joining us. And it was definitely a fun It was fun. Com- and I feel, like, I feel like I want to have more conversations about sex. Yes. Because even I know I'm still like, ooh, do I feel comfortable like putting this out in public where I'm talking about sex and I know that I need to like fight that right right? because I know that stems from just like a conditioning of shame yeah and I don't want that to be my narrative right and I also feel like I don't believe it like you know when it's like something is popping up and you're like that's not my truth right so I do want to have more conversations about sex so maybe we'll do like a QA and a with her or some other sexologist that we can get on the show yeah so if you guys have questions yeah yeah. if you're listening and you have questions or you you know something or someone that you think we should reach out to or just you're curious about anything that we can also kind of pass on to Rebecca like let us know yes because we know it's a very interesting topic and it's a topic that we're opening up uh in more and we're being much more comfortable so definitely conversations worth having yes for sure for sure so thank you all so much again for listening you can email us any of your questions weightholdsuppodcast at gmail.com we're gonna get like hundreds of questions watch. oh bring, bring them on y'all <laughs> bring them on and of course you can follow us at weight holds up pod on instagram we appreciate y'all we love you stay sexy hey. until next time bye, bye.